Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings. I am your host, Austin Baker. I'm here with Bryant McKinney, who played for the Minnesota Vikings for a decade, Sally from Minneapolis, Ron Saw from the Twin Cities, and Ali Siddiqui is joining us today. He writes all over the Viking stratosphere, Viking age, Vikings territory. He's going to chat with us tonight, and we're talking about all the prevalent Vikings topics for the week. You know the drill, but first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Football might be over for the season, but basketball's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, believe to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right down to the Olympic coverage, which uh, those just ended this past weekend. This is the best in the business for gambling. Uh, from sports right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager in all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. The group is here and in full effect. We are. Well, 48 hours after, um, fresh off some Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers melodrama. Um, I, I'm telling you again, Sally and I got duped last year. We ain't get duped again. So I saw right through this bullshit and was like, oh boy, this is, I, I mean, I, for, I considered the retirement angle, like waiting for the Rappaport tweet. But as soon as the Pat McAfee show started, I was like, he's not going to say anything because he adores this too much. So we're in this familiar spot. We don't know what he's going to do. It's, it's Farvian stuff. Um, Ali, I want to ask you, I don't know if you got duped. I got duped last year, so I'm really being cautious this time. Uh, do you believe after uh, Monday night gratitude gate that Rodgers will be will be back soon or what the hell's going on? I still think he's going to play this year, but just not for the Packers. I mean, I think, um, you know, the cap situation is very bad and doesn't look like Devontae Adams is going to be back. You know, he's talked about how he doesn't want to, go through another rebuild and you know personally i think the i mean you, you never know but i mean personally i think the packers super bowl window has closed you know not just with their um you know mainly because of their cap situation and i mean rogers is still great but i think um even if he I mean, next year regardless of where he plays i don't think he'll be quite as good he'll still be pretty good don't get me wrong though are you letting your desire for him to finally leave get middled in that opinion, or do you actually think he's going to go? Because that's what happened to me last summer. I, I'm convinced he's going to go elsewhere. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Bryant, so I don't know if you saw this. Aaron Rodgers 
on Monday talked about all the things in his life he was grateful for, which is fine and dandy, but it was a lot of past tense stuff. It fell a retirement post. He was conveniently scheduled to go on the Pat McAfee show 12 hours after led the show with, if you're expecting any news here, you're not getting it. He just wanted to have a kumbaya about how he was grateful and disappointed that uh, his season was over. Um, but big man, do you think he's going to return to the Packers or not? Me and a couple of friends talked about their, um the other day, actually, and it doesn't sound like it for some reason, but I mean, I don't know if he could be trying to have some type of cliffhanger and make it some excitement for the Packer fans. They may come out, but I don't think so. I think he is trying to, I feel like sometimes players are ready to get to a point where they want to just test the water somewhere else just to see how things is, see how life is on another team. Sally, I know that your eyeballs roll to the top of your skull when you hear about this topic, um, but did the attention crave grab surprise you at all? No. Well, look, like you said, he got us last year. Last year, I would say there was a lot more evidence uh, to believe that you and I were correct, that he really was going to hold out and not play for the Packers. This Instagram post, all he's doing in this post, first of all, is reflecting on the last year. He's not reflecting on his entire career. He's not reflecting on, you know, the last decade or every MVP season he has. He's talking about specifically the last year in general. He's posting pictures of his recreation off time with guys. He's posting pictures of his supposed ex-fiance, Shailene, that he was with for the past year, which last week they supposedly broke up. But now he's talking about how grateful he is for her. So is that I don't know if he's trying to get her back or if maybe those reports aren't true. I don't know. But in no way did I read this and think, oh, he's retiring. And that's before I saw anyone else's commentary. I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think it's is it wrong for him to like reflect on the last year of his life. I mean, the football season just ended. So, um, yeah, it was a little cryptic with the picture, um, of the anthem where he's not on the field. That was a little bit weird. Um, but as far as going, you know, in his future with the Packers, I still believe that he doesn't want to come back and play there this year, but I think aren't there reports that they're not necessarily going to hold up their end of the bargain with that, (laughs) um, what they promised him. So, I don't know. And then Nathaniel Hackett is gone too. And supposedly that was one of his closest connections in green Bay. So I don't know, but I definitely don't think he's retiring. Absolutely not. Ron, here's the the deal on this. He said by his own words that he wasn't going to draw this thing out again. Three months is what he did last year from draft day until the last dance post didn't work. Uh, But anyhow, he, he, he was cognizant, self-aware when he said he wasn't going to drag this out. And then he posts the, I'm grateful for everything in my life. And, kind of broken up with my girlfriend, but I want her back type of stuff. And then, it, it, so when you post something like that and you're semi-self-aware, you've got to think that people, especially fans, are going to be clamoring for next steps. But that that's what he me. wants. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Everyone going crazy about this. It's ridiculous. Like, this is what he wants. Yeah, it should come as a shock to no one because he is all about the attention, but he's also, he's very smart. Like he, you know, like I won't, I won't take that away from it all. Like So he wants the spotlight on him. He wants this drama, but he also wants people to be talking about his, what he's potentially going to do. He saw it firsthand with Brett Favre and how that kind of circus played out those few years while he was there. And I think this is him doing it that way 
because that's his personality. He wants to be the bigger personality. He's always wanted, like been in that far shadow that he wants to be better than him. And he's already uh, eclipsed the the longevity part as far as the starter, I think. So he's got that part. They have the same amount of Super Bowl rings. So he's like essentially that taken over as that Green Bay poster child. And then back-to-back MVPs don't help or don't hurt, but I think he definitely wants all of this about him. He will drag it on as long as he can, and the second he, it goes quiet on the Aaron Rodgers front, he's going to do something like this or do something like just unheard of, where he's posting a video of him hiking somewhere or whatnot, just because it gets people talking. Well, what does this mean? It looks like he's in the mountains. Does that mean he's to, he's going to Denver? Because that's what will happen. ESPN will lead with it. it and we're talking about it on a Viking show. Um, that's just what Guilty. he wants. So yeah, it's, um, but yeah, like you, Dustin, I was duped last year. I thought there's no way he's going back. Like he's, and you know, I was right there with Sally. He's too pride, prideful of a man, uh, but he sucked up his pride and he did it. I just don't see him do it, doing it another year, <clears throat> unless they give him some uh, obscene amount of money, but they don't, to Ali's point, they don't have that money. So, um, I mean, I, I will say this again. I think that he is out of, out of the division and out of our hair. Uh, but last year I was wrong about that too. I do not. I think he's going to be right back and they're going to lose in the playoffs and I'm going to be happy about it. So that's, that's my prediction. Yeah. I'll take that too. So hey, I mean, it, it will be messed up if they don't hold up to what they promised him. That's what I think though. It might come down to if he is upset about that because they, at least according to him, made it clear that after give us one more year and then you're free to make your own decisions. As long as it doesn't directly impact us. Like, yeah, you probably can't go to somewhere in the division, but so if they screw him on that, I don't know. He does kind of have a right to be pissed, but he does, but who cares? But yeah, I just want to know what's going on with Shailene. See, I took it more as he's like really just trying to like get Shailene to talk to him, but he has to like make it seem like not as direct. During the Pat McAfee show, I was surprised because that's such an informal setting. I was surprised he didn't say like, wait, are you guys together? Because he was talking about her. As if she's fabulous and like she was there. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, it wasn't like there was any remorse, like, oh, you know, you were so kind to me in the past tense. Like it was all present tense. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, why didn't he ask? Yeah, that, it's weird because they uh, they ask everything on that show. I mean, it, it's, it's like the anti ESPN type of talk show. It's just like us. They just sit around and they have a blast. So, well, she I, wasn't at um, NFL honors, though, either. So, yeah, there, there's something. Uh, well, ben Lieber put it best, like uh, on, yeah, on Cape Van a, a couple weeks ago, where he said, uh, it, it seemed like everything with that relationship happened so fast that, like, whatever, all of a sudden, oh, like, he's got a surprise girlfriend. Oh, they're engaged. Um, and then he made the joke that, well, it seemed like she didn't know much about him when they got together. And then they got, so he must have just got to know him. That's why all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Is that what he uh, said. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the way, the way he uh, phrased it, I thought it was, uh, it was perfect. That is pretty so. sweet. Oh, no. Oh, Dustin. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say one thing. I posted this on my Twitter too, but you know, there's news that Troy Aikman is going to leave Fox. So I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't think so, this will happen. I was like, what if Aaron Rodgers becomes um, um, Joe Buck's oh, um, yeah, broadcasting just partner? Spot. Yeah, that Did Joe would... Buck ever leave from under the table? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
That's no, that that's I'd like to see that. Yeah, some of those uh I mean I think that's part of why Romo was so content with sliding out at somewhat still very productive quarterback was just went and I think Romo's fabulous. And you know, he's getting paid like a mini quarterback salary just talking about football. So oh yeah, R- Romo does great work on it. Yeah, he does. Oh, he absolutely does. I love how excited he gets. I love he'll be like, Oh Jim, here we go, fourth down. I love how he does that. He's like just a kid. Uh, Bryant, you got dropped smack dab in the middle of a Vikings.com article, and I want you to tell us about Let's Chat, your startup. Yeah, Let's Chat, we actually started back in 2017. Um, Let's Chat has a multiple services for real-time video uh, subtitling, which we do for Comcast and actually the NFL. I'm not even sure if y'all knew that, but we translate all the NFL games this past season, everything from the draft to hard knocks to every, every single game basically everything they did um, this past season. Um, we do real-time website translation and real-time chat support for translations. So the NFL was probably our first big client, but we got accepted into the um, <clears throat> the uh, accelerator program for Comcast back in November. We couldn't speak on it until the press release came out, which, which came out yesterday. And um, they're actually a partner of ours now. And they have 30 other companies. So they basically train us. We've been, I've been doing Zoom calls all day. Um, on how to conduct meetings and, and and how to basically win over the customers. So these are all the meetings we have. I actually have a meeting tomorrow um, with the former COO of McDonald's because he went to the University of Miami. So when he's seen the press release, he reached out. And then he's now at Bojangles. And then through Comcast, we have a, a meeting with NASCAR for them to become a client and the PGA Tour. Wow. So it translates in various language. Like, is it AI? Based on a device setting. So okay. we don't do IP address and everything. We do what your device setting is, and it'll just come up as that. That's really wow. cool. Yeah, I yeah. I have uh, one thing I do uh, for fun. There's a lot of international Vikings fan bases. There's one in Brazil, mm-hmm. one in Lebanon, and uh, through a couple contacts, um, they put me – I had to download the What's Up or WhatsApp. And yeah, WhatsApp. I go in there, and they're speaking Portuguese, the one in Brazil. And I have to go mm-hmm. in there and do Google Translator for anything that I want to say. And then when they respond, um, I have to translate it back. So it, this sounds really cool. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, you got to keep us posted. So, is, we didn't know anything about this. Oh, yeah. You can do literally any language, whatever your settings we are. Do, we do up to 104 languages. Um, but it's also it's always based on your device setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if your device setting is in Spanish, you can write it in Spanish, but it'll appear to me in English. So you'll never know that there's, um, any type of difference. Oh, wow. Are you going to be on Shark Tank anytime soon? Or are you guys, uh, well there's no need. We got Comcast. As a point <laughs> now, so. oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that, wow. that checks out. All right. Let's do some Viking stuff after our, our stint with Rogers. Uh, Ali, I want to ask you this. So I, um, still, I'm still at my daytime job. I write about the Vikings at night and I couldn't watch the O'Connell press conference last week live, but you bet your bottom dollar. I watched it its entirety when I got home and in the midst of it, about 10 minutes into this, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, he is absolutely fabulous. But am I just saying this because I love this team? Would I say this about, um, Childress all over again or something? Am I just really getting behind this guy because I love the team? I sincerely think he did a wonderful job and it's complete anti-Zimmer person that's in charge now. Do you disagree with me, sir? No, I, I agree. I liked everything he was talking about now. Um, I mean, again, uh, only time will tell, you know, is he going to be good or not? But I mean, I'm, I'm excited about him, you know, and honestly, 
I wanted someone who's young, who's an offensive mind, you know, which is what he is, you know, and and one of the things that makes me optimistic is Sean McVay's coaching tree so far has been pretty good. Now, again, I know that doesn't automatically mean he's going to be very good, but I'm excited to find out. And I, I have a good feeling about O'Connell. I think he's going to be good. I'm and, with you. Um, I'm with you no. too. Did you have, did you have a certain part that you could pick out that you particularly enjoyed like, like a quote or a thought or a subject? Uh, not too much, but you know, I mean, not really anything in particular, but I liked how he talked about how, you know, I know what it takes to win, you know, cause I mean, he was, I know he didn't call the plays that was McVeigh, but you know, he, he saw what that culture is like, and you know, just bringing a winning culture attitude and organization. That's never a bad thing. I think we can all agree on that. Amen. Sally. So the, Quasi and Kevin have won you over with fabulous smiles, and I think they've won over everybody with that. But on the substance, what did you like or dislike about Kevin at his opening act? Oh, my gosh. The press conference, you know, I didn't really have much emotion towards it when I turned it on. You know, I'm just like, well, you know, let's let's watch the press conference. It's, it's what we're what we're supposed to do. Um, and then I was just sitting there. I was just so captivated. Um, I you know, I thought Kevin had, uh, charisma. He was very captivating. Um, within like three or four minutes, I was ready to, you know, run through a brick wall for Kevin. I'll, uh, build Kevin a statue, you know, whatever it is that I need to do for Kevin to show him how grateful I am for him being here in Minnesota, I'm ready to do it. So, um, <laughs> I'm totally sold now. I wish I could think of the five C's of Ever, it's like Vikings. Um, what do we have? We have culture, collaboration, and then there's like three other C's that I wish I would have written down that were said like a hundred times. And I love all of them. This is about the ex- most excited I have heard you, and I've known you for about a year and a half <laughs> about the Vikings. Anyway, oh my gosh, I just I can't get enough Kevin uh, press conferences. I'm wow. ready for my next one. <laughs> Ron, your takeaways, what, are, are we mesmerized by the charisma? Are we homers? Or was he just damn good? You know, I think he was just damn good. Um, and again, I <clears throat> I know I said in the, in the last few weeks, um, you know, I what I didn't want is this to be another children's situation because being touted as the right-hand man to someone who is successful. Um, and then when Childress came in right off the bat, I just didn't like him. Um, I don't know if it was the way he spoke, the way he, like, there was something about him that I did not like. Um, and, but with O'Connell, um, I, I think right away he like, again, it's not that I didn't like him or didn't like the hire. I just, there's a lot of unknown for me. Um, like I didn't know what to expect, but yeah, hearing him talk, hearing, um, same with Quazy, the way that they're, uh, it's not scripted. They're very genuine. They're themselves. You can tell how smart they are <clears throat> and be able to, uh, think quickly on the fly, which is what a head coach should be able to do. Um, the, the way he thought about his questions and answered them, um, you know, I thought was, um, just, remarkable and uh the way he talked about his family both his his dad who's the fbi agent who you know helped capture who was that like some famous whatever i don't know something down uh, a long ways away but then his uh his father-in-law who's a coach and he was talking about how um their conversations in the past about football um have helped him get to this point as well so um i think you know, to be on the stage that he was at, to be, you know, peppered with questions, be able to put everything into perspective. And again, nothing looked like it was scripted. It was all straight from the heart. Um, but again, the genuine nature of what he's able to um, to process um, or what he's able to think about came through. Um, so I was, I'm very excited for what he 
um, has going forward. Um, and then him and Quazy, and then, you know, the collaboration, you know, the, again, that buzzword that we'll continue to hear. Um, it, it seems like they're a team going forward, which um, seemed to be lacking the last couple of years um, in those two spots. So um, I mean, hats off to the Wilfs um, for doing their due diligence. And, uh, and, you know, again, we need to get this right. Um, it seems like they may have gotten this right um, just based on the personalities, at least. My favorite, my favorite part about it was when you have a young you guys younger than me and offensive minded coach, uh, you always fear that you're going to forget about the defensive side of the ball, but his enthusiasm mirrored um, for defense, that of offense, the way that he was speaking on defense, it wasn't like it was an afterthought at all. And I think the ownership they hired uh, or somebody hired Ed Donatel, who's been around for 20 something years. And then out of the blue, they just dropped Mike Pettin in there. It's like, yeah, you're assistant head coach. So the ownership still very much cares about defense. And then with O'Connell's own vernacular, endorsed that too. So I don't think uh, my my skepticism is like, well, if we go offensive minded and we we're going to go back to those, those Culpepper days where the defense is garbage or McKinney days where you had to score 35 just to have a puncher's chance. So I was excited that it feels like at least the, the philosophy will be balanced. The other I, thing that uh, like when he specifically said that his career it has helped him get to the point because he watched a lot of football from the sidelines. Like, I thought that was, uh, that was brilliant. So, um, yeah. like, you know, the fact, but you know, like he's right. Like, you know, when you play in the NFL, sometimes by playing isn't the best way to be, to see the game, um, from that standpoint. So he was on the sidelines with Tom Brady. Um, and then obviously throughout his career, um, different places. So I think, um, that is something that's going to help him, uh, not necessarily um, like peak early, but it's going to help him get up to speed a lot quicker than um, as a younger guy in this league. I do need to add that um, (laughs) Kevin's very first question from um, Minnesota media came from Chris Thomason. It was not a softball and he handled it very well. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Chris didn't know what hit him. It's like, Oh my God, people can be nice. (laughs) Right. I can actually get a straight answer and uh, not an attitude. Yeah. So. I'll just say about Chris. I know um some people, I know for some reason some fans on Twitter don't like him. You know, I I've met Chris several times. You know, he's a super nice guy. I met him at training camp. You know. Yeah, we don't have any beef yeah. with Chris on this show. Yeah. No, I just I, I know think... I, I just know there's some people on Twitter for oh, some reason. Well, that's Twitter. Well, I know Zimmer didn't like him. I know that. But um, I mean, well, that's Zimmer. I... <laughs> he asked questions that, that fans want to know the answers to a well, lot of times. I think a lot of people are Chris Thomason is very misunderstood. Um, as you mentioned, Oli, I've met him several times as well. I actually, you know, consider him kind of a friend of mine. He calls me, called me last week when he saw I was sick on Valentine's Day and I talked to him for like Ooh. an hour. Chris Thomas, Chris Thomason, he just is a guy that kind of like he's fixated on certain facts. He <laughs> likes to know like people roast him because he called um, his JV basketball coach or something. Quasi's coach like this is just how Chris Thomason's brain works. He's not trying to like overstep his boundaries or be mean or anything like that. He's not. And he genuinely I was like he said something to me on the phone the other day and uh, about my likes or something on a specific tweet and i was like well i don't read responses to my tweets and he was like mm-hmm. yeah me neither and i was like well that's good <laughs> that's for the best and he was like what do you mean are they negative he had no he had no clue so really? he has no idea but he's just like oblivious to that kind of stuff well, he like, read breland's 
Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Breland. Uh, I, I don't know how he, somebody must have told him about those, but he, he said him and Breland are like brothers now. So no problem. <laughs> well, that's, they, that's like a sitcom. Yeah. What they was worked the word that you said he, uh, he used? Um, I can't Breland, remember. Um, well, Breland did accuse Chris of using him for clout. <laughs> oh, when he was, um, oh, because I think right after he got cut, he was uh, still mentioning that he was, I think, what ranked dead last in court, uh, yeah. PFF ratings. Or I think that's he what said he went up on the list by not playing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris didn't know what Chris didn't know what clout meant. <laughs> he was like, he said, "I'm using him for clout." What does that mean? <laughs> oh, that's, that's oh god. Yeah, we'll have Chris on the show. He's awesome. No, I love. No. I really love Chris. Yeah. He's a great guy. And the- yeah, and, and to be honest, you know, like I made, a, I have a soft spot for a lot of the media because I mean, I'm covering camp, and also I internet cave and i got to know a lot of those guys a little bit you know i just always had great experiences with them so i think that's part of the reason why i have a soft spot for all those guys but you should part of the reason for the most part they're the the guys and gals are spectacular we even have courtney cronin who's leaving us and she's not even a vikings fan but we all i think for the 90 percent of us uh in the vikings fan base thought she was pretty awesome on the other thing on o'connell that i took away was unless we do trade away a bunch of assets and we have a roster that's outwardly trash. I will be very confident going into week one based on the way he presented himself that this team is going to have a head on its shoulders. They're going to be decent. It's not going to be some rebuilding gear. You know, they're not going to be terrible. And I didn't know that when I sat down on my couch Thursday night, I was like, well, this guy, he might be milk toast, man. I know what he's doing, but he convinced me. He sold me on it. And he's a, he's a tall drink of water like me. He's like six, five. So he kind of looks the part too. Uh, even though that there's a lot of people saying that we're going to be six and six and eleven regardless, you know, weeks away from free agency and everything. So, <laughs> yeah. my God, Twitter is. A you guys unbelievable- are spending too much time on that app. I haven't seen any of this. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of the things we've talked about. <laughs> hey, hey, Bryant. So when you got to Minnesota, right when Tice took over as a full time head coach, and then you went through the Childress change. So. When Childress introduced himself to the team, I, I know that nobody on the show particularly thinks Childress is awesome or anything, but how schematically did that work? Was it you showed up in, in an early summer or how did he introduce himself and said that, you know, I'm I'm the new Tice? I remember exactly what time of year it was. It had to be like leading into mini camp or something like that, probably in April. And um yeah, when we first had to be back when we met him and, you know, the staff and everything, I feel like some of them called you too um, for the players who were, you know, still on the team. They gave like a phone call and like an introduction. But, um, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't really know him. We knew him from being in Philly, but at that point you're trying to just want to be around them and kind of get a feel for them and their personality and the type of coach they are because you're really taking a, a chance of either you're going to like the coach or you're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So he never called you, though. He may have. I don't really remember. Can I interrupt for just a second and talk about Nord VPN? N O R D. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what Nord VPN is here for—to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of these threats that are out there that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering fast connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's 
VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $400 per month. So grab at your exclusive NordVPN deal by using nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's believe to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Nord VPN. Oh, yeah, no. One thing, uh, speaking of shoulders, I just thought about this. Um, when I met Bryant at Tommy's house, uh, we were talking about shoulders. And I told him, one thing I'll never forget, it was 2007, Vikings were playing the Packers. And one of the announcers talking about how one of the, the difference between Childers and Mike McCarthy was that McCarthy was willing to change his system for the players, whereas Childers wasn't willing to do that. And Bryant was like, yeah, he, he wanted you to change for him. I think that's kind yeah. Of- um, he did. He he basically wanted he he didn't want anything to be the same from what was prior. Like even down to our technique, which yeah, at at that point I was kind of comfortable with my technique. But then they were like they basically were trying to reinvent the wheel with a lot of people when they didn't have to. And um, I guess they wanted to feel like they made the difference. So if the team were to be good, he wanted to feel like it was because of him and not like some skills that people just already had. So. A lot of things he tried to just change and and just make just different and just make it seem like you know at the end of the day, it was to me all about him like it was because I did this like type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think and, that's and- the sign of the the modern times. If you look like with John Harbaugh and the Ravens, they had Flacco for a decade and then they slipped into Lamar Jackson, who doesn't play like Flacco, and they've been relatively mm-hmm. successful. And I think it's really the mark of an old-time football coach when they want you to fit their system. So I think that's why there's the craze. Even in the co- press conference, uh, at least out of the gate here, O'Connell says he wants to outfit a uh, offense that makes Cousins tick. And I think we know, even though Zimmer, and not all of you guys love him, but uh, he did adapt with the times a little bit, getting more aggressive, going up for fourth downs the last few seasons. But ultimately, he wanted to run the ball, run out the clock, play defense, bada bing. And that can work if you have a defense that that's good, but he didn't the last two years. So I think that uh, the the shift to O'Connell will get more along the lines or more distant from that children's thought. That's like, no, you figure out how to play within this scheme. I think you're supposed to always try to play towards your uh, player strengths. You know what I mean? Instead of making everybody make all these adjustments to kind of fit your scheme, your scheme doesn't probably work for everybody. Like that's why you see certain players, you know, when they'll leave a certain team and then they join another scheme, they're not as effective. So I feel like that's what they need to do. All right, uh, Ali, let's talk some more about some personnel things. I have a inclination, I guess a gut feeling that Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr, and Garrett Bradbury could all easily depart when we hit roster cuts, which is like going to happen any, any day here, probably about a week from now. Do you think that Pierce, Barr, or Bradbury could be gone? Bradbury, I think, will stay just because uh, his contract is his um his his salary is guaranteed for next year. I mean, I I don't think he'll start. I mean, I don't think they should start him. I mean, just if you if you have to keep him, just keep him as a backup. He's shown he's not the guy. And then Michael Pierce, I could see him being gone. I know. Um, I mean, he he missed nine games last year, and then the year before he opted out with because of COVID. Well, that that was understandable, but you know, just um. He's due. Uh, let's see, t- he's. I wrote that he's due ten million next year, and they save six six million by letting him go. So I could see him being let go, and then them possibly putting Armand Watts as the starter. I mean, w- Watts looked good yes last year. Yeah, we're we're gonna be playing a three four, or at least some variation of it, and 
if you're <laughs> Dalvin Tomlinson's under contract and he's basically a hybrid three tech and nose tackle. So there's really not a spot for Pierce. And that's yeah. what leads me to believe that it's no brainer. He'll be gone. Stranger things have happened, but Sally, do you disagree with Bradbury bar or Pierce being gone? No, I agree with um, what you guys just said, especially about Pierce. <laughs> the only thing about bar, you know, I think we've all accepted this whole year or so that you know, we've seen him play for the final time, but then, you know, O'Connell made those comments. <laughs> and so everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, O'Connell wants to keep bar. Um, I don't know necessarily how much I believe that that's the case, or if he just, you know, fired off a list of veteran names on the defense. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Michael Pierce is, is definitely gone. With bar. I think he would fit well within this yeah. three, four, but he already, almost left to the jets mm-hmm. three years ago now. And I don't think it's a matter of, uh, do they want to par back? He probably wants to try it out elsewhere. That's, that's my take yeah. anyway. Yeah. I mean, given he's, I mean, he, he's what, 30 years old now he's had injuries, but, but yeah, like, I, 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 but yeah, I always felt like he would have been very good in a three, four defense. I mean, he's been a good player for most of his career, but if he played in a three, four defense, I think he could have been even better. I mean, that's, that's more so his strength is more so his style. Ron, yeah. tell us about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go I was going to say, this is probably his last chance to get a big contract. So I would assume he's probably going to go to wherever he can get the most money to set himself up for the future, as he should, if that's what he wants. Yeah, I think he'll have the memory. In the, and not, not that he would have been better with New York with the Jets, but I think he'll he'll have the memory about going back to the Vikings three more years, fresh in his mind, and say, you know, I'm going to do a fresh start this time. And yeah. thanks for all the nice words at your press conference, but I'm ready to go. That's that's how I feel. Ron, give me some some surprise cuts, or there's good, there's got to be. There's got to be people that are going because right. they're, they're 15 million bucks underwater. Yeah, I think those names uh, that you listed off are kind of the popular ones. Um, now, the thing with Michael Pierce, um, while, I, I mean, I think it's all – you know, all but uh, confirmed that he will go just because of the cap hit and uh, his availability over the past couple of years. But man, would he be nice as that anchor in the middle of a three, four defense. Um, like that is the prototypical three, four nose yeah, tackle makes everyone around him better. He instantly takes pressure off of Kendricks in the, um, you know, in the middle there. Um, so it sucks that he wouldn't be here for it. Um, and, you know, it would have been nice to have Tomlinson as that three, four outside guy with Watts on the other side. Um, and then I actually think you have a formidable front, um, but salary wise, I don't think it'll work out. <clears throat> so I think there'll be a lot of new faces. I think the James Lynch, um, you know, like him, he'll get an opportunity. He, he actually seems like a perfect three, four, um, outside guy, um, with that, you know, Hovan type quickness. Um, and then all the other guys that they've drafted Jalen Twyman. Um, like I know he's not a big guy, but he's one of the, he was one of the stronger guys in the draft last year. Um, so he's another guy coming off of, uh, you know, being out all year, but they've stockpiled a bunch of young talent, um, that again, when you're playing a three, four, you don't need elite. You don't need Aaron Donald, although that helps. Um, you just need big bodies that are going to take up space. And if they can put that together while getting, pressure on the edge i think that'll be good um and then yeah it's always point like bar would be nice in this system um 
But unless him and Kendricks are really that close where he decides that he wants to stay, um, he's not coming back at that salary either. So um, on, on the offensive side, I don't think there's going to be any casualties that like, you know, we might lose Conklin because he's a free agent, but um, you know, other than Kirk potentially in, uh, in it being traded, um, I think the offense, the all the skill position um, is what it is. And um, <clears throat> yeah, also like Bradbury, um, while yes, he's proven he isn't the guy, um, who knows, maybe given an opportunity under a new coaching staff as well, maybe he, he's, he, we need, maybe he either earns that spot back or he does provide depth on the bench, but yeah, he won't get his option picked up and uh, um, he's either here or, here for one year and rebound or you know his career as viking is completely done in the 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 way that you just drew it up there with tomlinson maybe pierce and i can't remember who you said on the outside would are you foreseeing that daniel hunter would stand up in the three okay yeah if if you if they put him at the three four end you're completely misutilizing his ability because Again, you just need big body guys to keep it off that second level. And I think he now again, and O'Connell alluded to it in his press conference when playing a three man front, you're in so much nickel that really you're in, you have your four down linemen with two linebackers. Um, so come in those situations, I think you're fine. But even in Zimmer's defense, there were a lot of times where we did a lot of zone blitzes where our ends would drop into coverage, whether it was Griffin or whether it was Hunter. So I don't think Hunter's immune to um, playing kind of that Micah Parsons role, um, that what the, how the Cowboys utilize him. Um, he's clearly one of the best talents in the league when healthy. Um, so I think you find a way to just maximize that ability. And Bryant, you said last week that <clears> – <throat> just based on your preparation, you don't do a whole lot differently from, from a left tackles perspective, combating a three, four versus four, three defense. You get used to practicing against it so much that, I mean, it doesn't make a difference. I preferred a four, three yeah. going against one, but I mean, <laughs> you, you know how to make adjustments if you, you know, have a week of practice against it. Okay. Sally, the next topic on my agenda for the show is pertains to uh, Cousins. There was a stretch there for, I think, three or four consecutive days where either Ian Rappaport or somebody new said this Minnesota Vikings team is committed to Kirk Cousins. And the first time you heard it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Kind of mirrors what O'Connell says. Then day two, you're like, well, this this guy just said that yesterday. And then day three, you're like, this is a conspiracy or something. And even even. Uh, uh, Courtney Cronin, who we talked about, she was on somebody's show and said that, like, she almost, she basically accused the Vikings of feeding that out to these reporters to drive up the trade value. Do you think that these Vikings or teams in general operate like that to raise trade stock? Oh, I'm sure teams behave that way all the time. Absolutely. I don't know if I think the Vikings are doing that right now. I mean, I think that we've got some guys that don't even know how to get back to their office after lunch um, that probably have enough other things on their plate rather than just, you know, creating conspiracy theories and, and stuff like that. I think that if they end up, I mean, I think at this point, his trade value is what it is. I don't think a couple rumors being tweeted out um, from a reporter is going to make his value that much higher. I mean, you know, so I I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I do agree that I thought it was a little excessive. um, And so maybe there could be more behind it, but I, I definitely 
don't think that it's some wild thing that we need to investigate. Ali, do you think it's manufactured by somebody to drive Cousins uh, stock up? Because I mean, it's it's the same talking point about two or three days in a row from a couple different folks and then the same guy in the same two days. Yeah, and some teams do that. I know, especially Rick Spielman did that. You know, he came out and said, we have no intent on trading Percy Harvin or Stefan Daisy. You know, after they came out and said they they want out, you know, and yeah, you know, just in general teams, you know, they're not going to, you know, GMs, coaches, they're usually not going to talk about their actual plans. You know, they're not going to usually come out and say, oh yeah, we're definitely rebuilding this year. You know, I know uh, the Wilf said that, okay, we're not going to rebuild, but I mean, again, we'll see. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, teams, a lot of times I believe they like to try to increase their players value, you know, by saying stuff like that, you know, by saying, yeah, we're definitely going to keep them or we really want to. I agree that that probably does happen and it's agent driven a lot of times. Uh, this particular circumstance, Ron, I don't think that the fix is in. I think that Robert Port probably just had a list of shit that he tweets and forgot that he doubled up. And I really do think that they're trending. So long as Cousins is in a ballpark that's reasonable, 33, 35 million, I think that they want to do the same thing that Spielman did two years ago and extend him for an extra year or two to alleviate the pain this year. And then he'd be the quarterback. Do you think that... Do you really think the trade market for Cousins is going to be vocal if indeed he gets shopped? So, you know, I, I do think, like, to your point, I think that there will be some sort of agreement um, that he'll remain here. Um, and I don't think the Vikings are actively on the phone trying to get the best offers and trying to trade him. Um, you know, much like I'm sure with, uh, with Diggs when they said we're not trading him, they probably weren't the ones the initiating or the ones initiating everything. But once that, you know, first round pick offer comes in, it's hard to turn down. Um, but I do think the, the, the veteran quarterback market, um, you know, there's a handful of teams out there that, like, I mean, Carolina obviously is the one that kind of flashed this week, but that division is open with no more Tom Brady out there. And, uh, you know, the Saints being the Saints without um, Sean Payton. So I could see why they would want Kirk. Um, obviously, the the Steelers, the um, the Browns, like there's a handful of teams out there that like have teams that are ready to compete and need that quarterback. And, you know, they don't want uh, to take a Christian Ponder in this year's draft, like, like what is looking like what it's going to shape up to be. Um, so that in itself could be the one that to, could be what drives up the price tag. But I don't think you're, you're not going to hear it like, you know, this is what the Vikings are looking for at a minimum. Like you see with other players, like, you know, even the Deshaun Watson, where it's like they want three first round picks and three players or whatever. I don't think you're going to see any of that come out. It's just going to be. Well, teams are going to do their due diligence. I'm sure the Vikings are doing the same thing around the league as far as certain players um, and test and gauging those waters as well. So um, no player is off limits at this point in the year. Um, you know, again, Matthew Stafford got traded last year. Um, you know, Tom Brady went to a new team. Aaron Rodgers is going to be up for discussion. Um, no one is immune to moving teams. And I think whatever they decide I'm on board with um, just because I, you know, I trust in the leadership to do what's best for the team. Um, now, if they make a decision and it's, you know, Sam Darnold in a second, <laughs> then I'm going to laugh. Um, 
because Sam Don- Sam Darnold at twenty eight million, like I would much rather have Kirk at his forty five million um, than Darnold at at half of that. Yeah, what I would recommend to listeners is that this situation with Cousins is probably fluid. I don't think that they have to waltz into March thinking he is our guy, hell or high water. We're for the rest of our lives, he's the guy. And they also don't have to come out and say, we're getting rid of him. The situation can be fluid. If you take, for instance, the vehicle that you own right now, if it's worth 15,000 bucks and you're not looking for a new car, but you love your vehicle, you probably have no reason to get rid of your vehicle. But if some dude walks by and says, I'll give you $25,000 for that, you're going to be like, well, yeah, I'll go buy a $15,000 car and keep this 10000 in cash for a rainy day. So <clears throat> I think that we as fans have got entrenched in these camps that say trade them or don't. And I think the leadership is probably saying, yeah, we can win with this guy. But if we do get the Godfather offer, you bet your bottom dollar we're going to take it. And I, I wish that we had more nuance when we're talking about this because it always has to be either or. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> You got any any additional what what's no, I mean I just thought that was a great analogy that you oh, used thanks. about about the car. Um, because that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's at this point I feel like our community they're just so stuck in their ways on how they see this issue that they can't like give even a little bit. And it just has to be you love Kirk Cousins or you hate Kirk Cousins. And there's no in-between. There's no sacrifice. There's no even conversation. It's just people arguing constantly. I don't even think people read the responses. They just are ready to fire off their next tweet. Um, But you're exactly right. Like that's how the real world works. Yeah, I situations are fluid <laughs> in, in every industry, in every profession. That's yeah. And in your personal life, like you said, with the car. Yeah, I'm with you. So, Brian, switching topics here. The Vikings will have a away game in Miami. We don't know if that'll be September, October, November, or December. But I think some of this group is going to go down there. Are you going to be able to kick it with us or what? He's on mute. Hey, there's oh, a big pregnant going pause. on, I think. B Mac, can you hear us, sir? No, we we got we got a big fat mute button. So he's yeah. not he's not ignoring us. He's just on mute. Yeah, I was on mute. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> did, you hear, did you hear my Miami speech or not? Say it again. Okay, so the Vikings play the Dolphins in Miami either sometime this fall or early in the winter. And I think some of this group is coming down there, me included. It sounds like Sally, Ron. I'll I'll be there. I was there last time. I'll be there. Okay. So yeah, we want to know if we can kick it with you or where we need to go in Miami. Oh, of course. Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've already put it on our our trip family trip calendar well my wife and i will be there not not my kids for this one but so we, yeah we'll be in miami and um we look forward to meeting you we'll in- do a live show <laughs> we, we, actually, we could, we could. Yeah. <laughs> on location that would feel really weird and really cool um but It'd now be awesome you know what's weird is that brian and i started the show together in august of 2020 and out of all five people on the show he's the only one i haven't met in person <laughs> I've, oh wow! All right, we got to change that. Yep, yep. I've hung <laughs> out. I've hung out with Ron for an entire evening and his family. Sally and I have kicked it tailgating, and I've seen Ali twice um, at training camp, and then once I think it was the Cowboys game. Uh, so, Lions. Yep, I remember. Oh, it was yeah. the Lions? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you going to try to make it to Miami or not? I don't know about that. Yeah, but I'll say I actually first met Bryant uh, 2010. I was working at. Macy's, he happened to come in, and well, we actually didn't even talk about football much. He was talking about 
some of his favorite clothing brands. And he's telling, <laughs> yeah, he's telling me too. He's like, yeah, he's telling me too. He's like, yeah, in Miami, everything is there's clothing tax. I'm like, yep, over here we don't have that, Minnesota. <laughs> All right, let's go move on. on. Does he know he's on mute stuff? There's like, I know, I try to cut it, take it off mute. There's like one, like a, one day or two days out of the year where we don't have clothing tax, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you also you don't have income tax there, so I think I'll take that. You no state tax. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. That's that's how South Dakota is. When I moved back here, so I was born here in South Dakota, and I moved away for what thirty years. Came back in twenty twelve, and the first paycheck that I got, I remember getting and thinking, "Oh boy, they screwed up. They made, they're giving me too much money." And it's yeah, it's because we don't have state income tax and um you don't get a sweet refund in the spring but you also don't you don't pay in so it's kind of like florida in that regard so you just pay it all your state stuff at the end no you don't pay it at all or there's just none no we have uh oh have you ever been to south dakota no oh, okay it's on my list it after almost, miami that's it, where i'll be <laughs> it almost i'd say every other restaurant has video lottery <clears throat> so people go in and play kino and blackjack on on the machine yeah. And so we capitalize on people's addictions and that's, that's where all of our income tax. Oh, yep. so Minnesota, we have that and state tax. So they're just double dipping. <laughs> well, they, are, yeah. they have better education than South Dakota and roads. Oh. So yeah. yeah so right. I've been to, I've been to Orlando a few times, Miami. I've never been to, I'd like to someday though. Looks, looks very nice. All right. Well, Sally, what I'm you, going what? to Buffalo for sure. Why? And then Miami, it depends when it is. Cause I, I can't go to Miami in September. I'll melt. So <laughs> why are you, uh, why are you so adamant about the bills? Is that on a bucket list or what is it? It's just a bucket list. You know, okay. I want to go to every stadium, um, eventually and they won't make it back to Buffalo for eight years. And, you know, I'm do- I've done the math and if I wait eight more years, I'll be doing jumping through tables in my forties. And I just don't think that's acceptable. I've got to get it done this year at 35. That's, so, yeah, you're, pl- you're a planner. Work. <laughs> well, while I got you on the topic, what is your segment for the group tonight? Well, I'm not going to be here next week. So ah, I get to talk okay. to you about free agency next week. So, um, I was thinking let's t- reminisce. Mm-hmm. And talk about um, some free agency signings the Vikings made in the past that stood out to you that you were that surprised you one way or the other. Either you were very excited about it and then you ended up being disappointed, or vice versa, you didn't like it at all. And then it was Ooh. really um, exciting. I can go first if you guys want to think. Yep, let's do it. Mine is absolutely 2013 Greg Jennings. When I saw this man get on the TV and knowing that he could have went and played almost anywhere and he chose Minnesota, I'm like, well, he's watched Christian Ponder play for the last two years. He wouldn't come here if he thought he was a bad quarterback. (laughs) I must be wrong. Greg Jennings can see obviously something I can't. And I was so excited that he chose to sign a five-year deal to play in Minnesota coming from playing with for Aaron Rodgers. And then obviously you saw how that went. He had 10 touchdowns in two years, which isn't terrible, but Ponder still was who he was. And I was very excited for no reason. Yeah, that's, I can completely see your, how you got there though, because you know, if he was, if he had the pick of the litter where he wanted to go and yeah. he says, boom, I want to go to the rivals team. They got something good going on over there. And Ponder. I mean, to me, it was just, he wants to catch balls from that guy. 
<laughs> well, yeah, he knows better than okay. us. Okay. <laughs> um, I I won't say Favre because that's too easy. It's obviously that one is, comes to mind. But mine, well, I was 21 years old, and Antoine Winfield signed with the Vikings, and I remember knowing of him from Buffalo, and then immediately it was it was confirmed that he was the real deal. And yep, still probably if I had to write down a top 10 Vikings favorites, he'd probably be in there. But yeah, I remember the, the coolest part about it was my excitement was confirmed and he became a, a, a staple of the Vikings defense at a time when they desperately needed defense. Ron, who yeah. do you got? So for me, um, I, I'd probably have to say Jared Allen. But it wasn't it though, or I guess he knew, it was a contract issue in, in Kansas city. And then we stepped in and, and whatever. So, but I'll, I'll count, I'm counting it anyways, whatever. Uh, because I know we've talked about in the past, like throughout, you know, and Brian, your entire tenure where we may have had a couple guys like Lance Johnstone and, um, you know, whoever else um, before that, that would get 10 sacks, but we didn't have that dominant pass rusher that would change a game. And um, Jared Allen, obviously when he came in was that right off the bat. So that's what it was for me. I'll also give kind of the, the one that I, hated when we did it and hated the way it played out. Um, Bryant, I'm sorry if you're friends with this guy, but Bernard Baring, when we signed him, <laughs> like I, I know it was a big deal that we signed him to. And it's just like, he can't catch. He's fast, but he can't catch. Um, and that, tr- that little back and forth that we had from all those bears wide receivers that failed there, whether it was Devin Aroma should do, um, you know, I know we had Dwayne Bates. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Bates. Oh yeah. Um, like all these guys that they weren't, they, they look good against the Vikings like when they were there, but they Marcus were not Robinson. very good. Yeah, Marcus Marcus Robinson, um, the guy who Childress cut on Christmas Eve or whatever. So um, but uh like it, but Barian's the one where you give him all that money and then and he was very uh Bashad Breland type in the way he, you know, would talk in uh in the media and stuff. So um that's and on Twitter. Me. And on Twitter, yes. Um, telling John Creasel to sit down and shut up. So uh, he told me he told me to fix my face. Who did? <laughs> Bernard. Oh no. He's <laughs> the only person who's ever been mean to me. And I don't even know why he did it. He just responded to me and said, fix your face. And I was like, oh my God. Ryan, that's one of your friends, isn't it? Little I'm sure I just no. This was in like 2012. Oh, uh, it's fine. No, I probably no. deserved it. No, no, but Ron, I was actually very excited about Bernard Barron, and that first year he looked pretty good. You know, yeah. especially that 99 yard touchdown pass. Yeah, that's for hot. Yeah, but yeah. It was, was after there. that he wasn't. Yeah, after that he just wasn't the same. But uh, one He's guy a good complimentary receiver, but they paid him yeah, to be oh, the I, number one, and I like that's what I was not a fan of it because it was like some 40 million dollar contract it's like that was uh 49 million over seven years i remember yeah i uh hutchinson money (laughs) the other one i want to point out because winfield worked out from buffalo was when pat williams Williams. came over yep so and that one was even more confirmed by his performance i remember again this is this is a, a a young man college like alcoholic me 
just desperate for a team that would play defense. And when those two guys panned out, it was like, well, finally they're starting to understand the way the world works. Um, Bryant. So you're going to have you guys, but I, the question was that played out the opposite way of what you thought. Yeah. And you guys all said, oh. <laughs> things no, no, you're excited about. You said we no, could I actually had an answer for it. No, I said that, that either you were excited about it and then it didn't work out or you weren't excited about it. And then you were surprised. No, I, I got I two an for, that for that. Then. So I got oh. all surprised talking about Greg Jennings as if that was something that was positive. <laughs> well, I have two for that. Anyways, then. It, they happened in the same year. It was in the 2006 um, when soldiers came and it was Ben Lieber and Chester Taylor. I was like, we're excited. We're, you know, bringing in a backup running back. And then uh, essentially what a guy who got his job taken, um, but both of them pleasantly surprised Libra, obviously was a very good linebacker for us for years. And Chester Taylor, um, you know, showed in that year, Sands Adrian Peterson, um, what he could do. So, and then when him and Peterson were here together, that was arguably the best tandem in the NFL. But my answer was um, someone who I was excited about that didn't pan out was, was 2008 Madeo Williams. I was excited about him. He, yeah, he, that did not work out. And I remember up in 2008, he, um, he missed the first, I believe, eight games with a neck injury. When he came back, he did good. I think it was his first game back. It was against the Texans. I think he had one or two picks. But I know the, the next two years, I remember he really struggled. In 2009, him and Tyrell Johnson, you know, at their, at their safeties, you know, they did not work out. Uh, Sally, then to accurately answer your question after Jennings mania, uh, Mike Remmers was the one that really upset me because uh, I thought that Spielman was taking his swing to fix the offensive line like all of us uh, separate at the time complained about. And I thought Reef and Remmers would do it and Reef to an extent did, but <laughs> Remmers did not. And he got a, a big payday. So that one was disappointing. And it set back the offensive line progression that never progressed and so that one immediately comes to mind as one that i was sold on thinking reef remmers double r we're gonna be fine nope brian now you're gonna have a better answer than all of us because you played the sport um which players uh entered the vikings or ravens as free agents that you were like oh hell yes i get to play with him i thought fresh move would probably be better than i feel like with a lot more hype around him i feel like he played better in dc to me than he did when he got with us. So I thought I was expecting a lot more out of him um, when he got here. Say the first, say the name again. Fritz oh, oh yeah. Is some of that now, is some of that the the scheme? Because he was a, he's a man to man corner. And he but that's coming what I here. Said, remember I said it earlier, I said, sometimes when you go to yep, different places, there's different schemes and it may not be, you know, one player may look good at one team and then it goes somewhere else a different scheme. And it's just not for them. So that's why I was saying from, you know, just seeing and hearing his name a lot prior and with the Redskins and then getting with us, I'm kind of expecting that same thing, but right. I don't feel like we really got it. Yeah. And then when he, w- um, didn't he go back to the he Redskins? He went back. And then, and, then like, and then he had a pick six in the dome. Right. Um, so it was like against that. Us. So that lets you know sometimes it is about the schemes that works better for players. Yeah, but my uh, my favorite Fred Smoot moment will always be uh, 2006 at Lambo. He had the pick six and he attempted the Lambo leap. Oh, yeah, that's fresh. Oh, I'll have to look that up. I don't remember that. <laughs> that's sweet. Mm. All right, we'll we have to tweet that, Ali, if you can find the video. Yeah, tweet will, it he, so I oh, can he see. Will. Okay, great. You can, you can bet on that. Uh, so, Ali, any, any closing arguments here? We're up against it for time. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Okay. Yeah, nice to see you. Sally, you're off next week. You'll be back. Let me do the math in my head real quick. You'll the be the ninth. 
So you'll be back on the ninth pre or the oh. proverbial eve of free agency. Who is that? The eve? Not the eve, but you know it's right. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Ron. We'll, we'll maybe we'll hit up uh, um, Katie from Montana or something for next week. Okay. All right, BMAC, keep us posted. We'll talk to you. If you got any guests coming oh. our way, let us know. Yeah. Okay, certainly will. All right. Go, yeah. baby. All right, so. oh. All right. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.